Hello, welcome back to the Barefoot Books podcast. In this week's story, Mo Chi takes advantage of his loving wife who helps him rise to power, but this learned scholar soon gets a lesson in humility. After the story, go to barefootbooks.com to find the complete Barefoot Princesses collection. This is the story of the Beggar Princess, a story that comes from China. Once upon a time, there lived a young student called Mo Chi. He was a promising student, but his prospects were not good. His parents were dead, and he had no money. He thought hard about his problem. Perhaps, if he married a rich girl, her family would care for him. He went to the matchmaker, who arranged marriages, and asked him to find a suitable bride. Although he had no money, he promised the matchmaker a handsome reward because in those days a bride had to give her money to her husband. The matchmaker went straight to the court of Chin, the beggar king. Chin was one of the richest and most powerful men in Hang Chao. All the beggars of the city were under his protection. If anyone refused to give money to a beggar, the beggar king would send round his roughest men to break their windows or sing rude songs outside their house. The beggar king had a beautiful daughter called Green Jade. She had been educated like a lady and could read and write, play beautiful music and embroider. But no gentleman would marry her because of her father's position. The matchmaker sang the praises of Mo Chi to the beggar king, and a marriage was arranged. Chin was delighted that his daughter was to marry a gentleman and move in good society at last. He invited all of Mochi's student friends to the wedding. When Green Jade was unveiled at the ceremony, Mochi was pleased by her grace and beauty, which had cost him nothing at all. But as they sat down to the fine feast provided by Chin, a terrible noise broke out. In tumbled all the filthy beggars from the street to sit down with the gentlefolk. They capered about the room, banging their bowls with spoons and pretending to beg from the guests. Mo Chi shrank back into his seat with horror. He and his friends swiftly rose and left the banquet to the beggars, who swelled it down with relish. Poor Green Jade wept alone in her bed that night. The next morning, Mo Chi was very polite to his new wife, but he was inwardly angry at the humiliation her family had caused him. Green Jade tried to make amends by buying him books, hiring tutors, and keeping the house quiet while he studied. Without any thought for herself, she supported him and rejoiced when he passed his final examination. Mochi did so well in the examinations that he was chosen to be census officer in the emperor's service. Now that he could wear a fine black gown and purple sash, he felt angry at being married to the beggar princess. He was sure that people everywhere were laughing at him behind his back and saying to each other, There goes the beggar king's son-in-law. So he began to think of ways to get rid of Green Jade. As he was to take up his new job in a far province, Mo Chi took Green Jade with him. They traveled up the Yellow River by night. Come, wife, come and see the moon, said Mo Chi. Green Jade rose from her couch and looked in wonder at the high mountains and the huge moon. She had never before been outside the city. How beautiful the world is, she breathed. 
entranced by the pale disk of the moon, which hung like fruit in the dark and starry sky. But Mo Chi was thinking other thoughts. If anyone fell overboard in this darkness, no one would notice. The yellow river is wide and deep, and the body would sink quickly. He lifted Green Jade in his arms and flung her over the rail into the waters. She screamed in terror and stretched out her arms to him, but her white nightgown became heavy with water and she sank into the flood. The boat swept onwards. Meanwhile, further downstream, Mo Chi's superior officer, Governor Lord Su, was on another riverboat with his wife. As they drank wine and admired the moon, they heard a woman's cry. Their boatman pulled green jade out of the water to safety. Trembling with cold and grief, she told Lord and Lady Sue her story. Do not cry, my dear, said Lady Sue. We have no children. Will you consent to be our adopted daughter? So green jade lived with them at the governor's palace. Lord and Lady Sue were charmed by her gentleness and good breeding. They suggested that she might take a new husband. With tears in her eyes, Green Jade said, I may be the beggar princess, but I have my code of honor. Mochi is my husband. I am promised to him, and I love him still. Lord Sue did his best to help matters. He made it known about the palace that he was looking for a bridegroom for his only daughter, one who would live in their house and be kind to her. Now, when Mo Chi had arrived at his post, he pretended to be a rich widower. He was able to live like a lord on the money that Green Jade had brought with her when she married him. Now, as a suitor, he sent rich presents to the Sioux household. Lord Sioux felt that Green Jade deserved a better man than Mo Chi, so though he agreed to the wedding, he determined to teach his son-in-law a lesson he wouldn't forget. The wedding day dawned. Mochi dressed in his finest red robes and mounted upon his white steed. This is the life, he said to himself, on the road to the palace. To be a governor's son-in-law is better than being a beggar king's. The women came out to greet him with the wedding song. Golden bridle, horse so fine, saddle girt with stitch and sign. From what quarter comes this lord with his fan and silver sword? The followers of Mo Chi sang back, A gentleman of city life who has come to claim a wife, graduate of studies wise, governorship in his fate lies. This song wasn't quite true, but Mo Chi meant to be governor himself some day. He dismounted and went into the courtyard for the ceremony. There stood the bride in her red jade slippers and her red veil. Together they bowed to heaven and earth, to Lord and Lady Sue, and to the altar of the ancestors, telling the spirits of the family of their wedding. Mochi's pride was complete. He swaggered into the bridal chamber, at last the husband of a real lady. Suddenly, from behind the screens, out leapt all the women of the household, the aunts and nurses, the maids and slave girls. They fell upon him, beating him harshly with bamboo rods. Save me, cried out Mo. But the women only scorned and laughed at him. They beat him till his fine robes were in tatters like a beggar's. Sniveling and groveling on the floor, Mo Chi lay in a miserable heap. Stop your beating, 
said a sweet voice that he knew. Mochi looked up and beheld his unveiled bride, the face of green jade. It's a ghost, he shrieked. Lord Sue stepped out from behind the screen and said sternly, Oh, no, she is not a ghost, but our dear adopted daughter whom we saved from the waters of the Yellow River. Mochi knew that he had been found out. He fell upon his knees. Mercy upon me, I confess my crime. Forgive me. Lord Sue was silent. He looked to Green Jade, encouraging her to speak. Green Jade's heart was full of pity for her husband, but she spoke hard words to him. My heart isn't a mat that you can roll up and put away when it suits you, she cried. When you were poor and unsuccessful, you made use of me. When you grew successful, you thought me too low for you. It is true I am low-born, but I wonder how I could lower myself to wed so despicable a wretch as you. Mochi clutched her knees and begged her forgiveness. Lord Sue said, Strangely, I think my daughter still loves you, but perhaps you find our position in society too humble for your ambitions. Mochi blushed red with shame. My lord, I am content if Green Jade will accept me as her husband again. Green Jade raised her husband and kissed him. We will start again as equals, for I am the governor's daughter, and you are the governor's valued official. Together the lovers lived with Lord and Lady Sue. Eventually, Mo Chi became Lord Mo and rose to be governor himself. And when Green Jade's father grew old and sick, it was Lord Mo's pleasure to welcome Chin into their household as a venerable father-in-law. When I remember all that the beggar princess has done for me, how can I do less for her dear father, he said, bowing before Green Jade. You have taught me the meaning of nobility, and I will continue to be your student as long as I live. That's all for today's episode. Thanks for listening. Now you can visit barefootbooks.com slash podcast to find special offers, join our email list, and listen to past episodes of the Barefoot Books podcast. See you next week. Bye.